Hello and welcome to this podcast with Pastor Tony Palo, recorded live at Restoration Church of Rhode Island. Enjoy today's message. Let's turn to our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. I want this word to be delivered in the same manner that the Holy Spirit delivered to me. Okay? So, so I, I want to, um, I, I don't want to ever have the presumption that, all right, let's get this done. Now, I want to be able to say, Lord, hide me behind the cross. Um, I need your help. And to be able to say the same prayer I prayed when I preached my first message when I was 19. Oh, God, please help me. Um, so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. May it be clear. May it be concise. May it hit the parts of our heart, oh, Father, where we need conviction. And may you shine the light of your word into every dark corner of our heart, oh, Father. It's time to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you who are sleeping, it's time to wake up. I've discovered during this season, during this pandemic, during this crisis, COVID, whatever you want to call it, I've discovered how during this season, there are those who've had their faith developed, and then there are those who have their faith dismantled. I'm wondering how the same event could happen to a group of people, and some people go, I feel, I feel close to God, and others say, this has been the worst year. Don't say that, this has been the worst year of my life. Don't say that, especially when you're walking in the grace of the Lord for your life. And so this story in Matthew chapter 26, I think, gives us good insight into what I want to speak to you this morning. It's, it's time to wake up. This is the word of the Lord. This is Jesus. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. During, during, during the most critical phase with the most important plan for mankind, Jesus found the people that were the most supportive, or supposed to be the most supportive, sleeping. Even Peter. Now, you know, you know how you have people, I got your back. I got Mike, I got your back. I'll take a bullet for you, Mike. And then you're in a crisis, and you're like, where are they? Oh, that's so sad. Tell me if you need anything. I need something. I need you here. During his most, I mean, in the book of Luke, characterizes this moment as Jesus praying and sweating great drops of blood. I mean, if I get to the moment where I start sweating blood, I'm, I'm not doing good. He goes to his disciples, especially Peter. He wasn't so disappointed that Judas was sleeping. In fact, Judas wasn't there. He was disappointed that Peter was sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch? For one hour, he asked Peter. I know I'm going to be doing a lot of yelling today, sorry. He says, couldn't you keep watch with me one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, the body, is weak. I'm setting this stage up for us to gain an understanding of how conflict crushes some people, but builds others up. Now, I've had the opportunity and the blessing to have first row seat on how this year's crisis has affected 
this church. And I'm going to share insight with you. And I got to say, overall, I'm blessed to be the pastor of Restoration Church. Because I see how many women have stood up to the challenge in the midst of fear. And you know what I've learned to do? Most of the time that God asks me to do something, 99.9% of the time, I'm afraid to do it. But you know what? I do it afraid. There's not, I don't think there's ever been a time where I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this, God, no problem. If I need the Holy Spirit, I'll come back to you. You think David was ready and prepared to face a giant? If God asks you to do something and you feel like, yeah, I got this, it wasn't God telling you to do it. So I'm, I'm setting this stage up to see how this crisis has crushed some but built others up. And the disciples were planted right in the center of the most prominent crisis the, the, the crisis we would characterize as the worst moment of Jesus involved Christ, and they fell asleep. And I'm calling for the church, and I'm calling for this church to wake up. Because far too many of you have fallen asleep, and that's no bueno. And this is what the word of the Lord says. As, as, as Jesus was praying, he says to them, couldn't you men keep watch with me just for one hour and this crisis that Jesus was in now now interesting because he's in this crisis and he says to his father father if there's another way let it be done please but nevertheless let your will be done nevertheless so Jesus's prayer what he was praying here and this is what we need to learn for our lives in our context we're not going to pray Lord just obliterate all the evil that's happening in our world we have to say Lord and what's happening in our world where do we step in to influence the evil that's happening in our world because Jesus said all these things must happen and then at that point in time the end will come so in the midst of this crisis, these disciples were sleeping. They were completely shut down. And how is it that this can happen? As a follower of Jesus Christ now, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what crisis has happened around us, no matter what event is happening around us, no matter what tension is happening around us, no matter what pandemic is happening around us, we and you are on call for the purposes of God. My wife was on call. And you know, when you're on call, you got a couple of extra pennies just for being on call. And we go, I don't think you'll be called in. I don't think you'll be called in. But she was called in. And when you're on call and you get called in, you can't say, I don't want to come in. You got to say, wait, what time do I have to come in? At 11 p.m.? It's 1050? I'll be there in nine minutes. And that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen, between those who are recruits in the army of God and those who need to be drafted into the army of God. It's a big difference. Remember when you were 18, you had to go to the post office. Do they do this anymore, Colby? On the, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to do it, Colby. At 18, I go to the United States post office. And, right, Rico? And you, you sign the thing saying, this is my address, this is my social security number, this is my blood type, this is my life. Please, I hope there's not a war. <sighs> that, that's, how, that's how some followers of Jesus, uh, if you ever need something, God, I'm here. Please don't need anything. <laughs> and then those who are recruits that say, I'm on call. What do you need? Yes. I don't need to know the details. Yes. I'm overwhelmed. I'm afraid. I don't think I can do it. Yes. It's a giant. Yes. It's impossible. Yes. And then you have those that, please, Pastor Tony, if you ever need me. Oh, please, oh, please, please. And this is where Jesus was like, guys, come on. I picked you for the greatest task 
in the face of the planet was to be my disciple. Now, let's understand that as humans, because I think we give the people in the Bible a bad rap. Sometimes we judge them and we accuse them. And, you know, human nature is human nature. So the disciples, they go through a Passover meal. Peter is saying, Peter, you, uh, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to reject me. Peter's like, I'm going to go to the cross. No problem. I'm going to die for you. Jesus says, Shh, shut up. And, and then he says, Judas is going to betray me. All of these major, emotional, tense, crisis, turmoil events, a lot of tense and exhausting moments, it takes a toll on the physical body. And I just want to say, when there's a toll on the physical body, I just want to say, thank you, Jesus, for naps. Come on, somebody help me out. Thank you, Jesus, for naps. I don't get when some people say, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't nap much. I'm like, what? You know what, the, what, what sleep is? Is the sleep, is napping is the body's natural safety mechanism response. So the body shuts down. So rather than the heart shutting down as a result of turmoil and crisis, the body shuts down. Better the body shutting down to give the heart a rest than the heart shutting down, thereby affecting the body. So the disciples, we'll just say they had some trouble. Can we cut them some slack? Uh, we're sorry, guys. We're sorry. Because that's why people who struggle with different mental health diagnoses, especially major depression, all they want to do is sleep. I just want to sleep. But I just want to say, thank you, God, for naps. On my day off, because I wake up early, and then around 2-ish o'clock, Mike, I feel the Holy Ghost calling me to my bed. And I take an hour nap, and I wake up. Thank you, Jesus. That's the body's response. So let's, let's give it up for the disciples. We're sorry, guys, for judging you. It's okay that you nap, but not at that moment. This is why there'd be times where I go to bed at 8 and wake up at 4. There were times I would just sleep for 12 hours. You know, sleeping is a way just to say I'm going to shut off the world. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? Am I troubling anybody the way I talk? Just like it temporarily just shuts the world's craziness off. That's one way. You're shutting the lights off on the world. And napping is a good thing. I, I, napping is a good, sleeping's a good thing. And, you know, when we ask our children to take naps, it's like, you got to eat this cow dung. You're taking a nap. Relax. <laughs> sleeping. I just want to pray for those of you who don't sleep at night. Just wanted to give that as a side extra feeling just led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, you have nightmares, terrorizing nightmares, and God wants to help you sleep. In fact, you've taken all kinds of stuff and pills and medicines that's supposed to help you sleep, but it's not working. Sleep. God wants to help you sleep tonight. May you sleep eight to ten hours tonight. REM sleep. Deep. Deep. Jesus' name. If that's you, just kind of weird, just go like, just go like that and put your hand back down. Jesus' name. Sleep. Not now. When you go home tonight. It really worked the anointing on that prayer. Tonight, and, and careful, don't watch a horror movie or go on Facebook before you go to bed. I put those two things like equal. Horror movie. Don't do any of that. Don't watch Fox News or CNN before you go to sleep. Don't watch the results. Tuesday night, don't watch the results of the election. Please don't before you go to sleep. Don't do this. 
You know what this is? So don't, before you go to sleep. And God wants to help you sleep. My sleep is connected to my understanding to the promises of God. I understand the promises of God. God says, I got you. Lord is my shepherd. I got you. Tony Paolo version. Lord is my shepherd. I got you. So that's why I'm able to sleep tonight. So this is where the disciples were. They, they slept. And the understanding the context is critical. But Jesus is asking them to watch and pray for this critical moment in time involving the soul of the world. I don't like when people equate November 3rd to the soul of our nation. November 3rd does not affect my soul. What Christ has done on the cross is what affects my soul. Whoever wins, my soul, I'm at peace. And the followers of Christ now, two different things. Watch and pray. For the body is weak, but the spirit is willing. What are we watching and what are we praying for? This is a good question. This is a vital question because some have been lullabied by the world's current events. Some have been, you, you've fallen asleep as a result of everything that's happening. You've been lulled. And the worst pandemic of all is the pandemic of sin. Worse than any pandemic that we're facing right now is a consequence of sin. And God is asking men and women of God in this church, Restoration Church, to be a watchman, to stay awake and be the voice of God. He speaks the same way to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. He says, Ezekiel, son of man, I have appointed you to stand watch for the people of Israel. So listen to what I say and warn them for me. And then he echoes that same word in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 7. He says, you take the words that I'm going to give you, put them into your heart, and then share those words from your lips. So this is what God was asking the disciples. He's asking the disciples what God has asked from the prophet Ezekiel. I'm going to give you some insight. When God would ask a man with a prophetic anointing or a woman with a prophetic anointing in the Old Testament to be a watchman and to speak up and to warn people, if they didn't warn someone and that person died, that person's blood was on the prophet's hands. So that would be like you're driving, but you're driving blindfold, and I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm giving you the warning. And if you're driving 65 miles an hour straight into a brick wall, and I don't say anything, your life is going to be, you're going to have a bad day, and I'm going to have a bad day. So the voice of a, the prophetic anointing that God has placed on this church and the prophetic anointing that God has placed on me is to warn people, is to talk to people, is to remind them of the return of Jesus. It's not only to encourage them, but it's to warn them. To some, it'll be encouragement. To others, it'll be a warning. So if you're in the driver's seat doing 65 miles an hour and I start screaming at you to stop, you could say, why are you yelling at me? Or you could say, thank you. So there are those who don't know Christ that when I talk to them about the return of Jesus, to them, you're, they're saying to me, are you trying to scare me? Well, if you're not right with God, it's scary. But if you're right with God, it's encouragement. So as a watchman, God was asking the men here, the disciples, can't you keep watch with me? 
Can't you take all that's happening in our current events and be the voice of one calling in the desert? In John chapter 1, verse 23, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord. But the problem is, is if the church is sleeping, we can't remind people of what's happening in our world. See, November 3rd is not connected to the soul of this church. What's connected to the soul of this church is what God wants to do through the cross of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, the problem is, is that some of you fell asleep. Because it was a rough season. It's been a rough several months. But when God puts a call on your life, you take a nap, you pray, you take a shower, you put deodorant on, and you show up, and you show up afraid, and you keep watch. Everything that's happening here for these disciples, just a little too much. It just got a little too much, and they just wanted to, every once in a while, it would be nice just to shut the world. Is there a pause button? Is there a, just a delete button? Is there a rewind button? Is there, is, can we just like pretend that this is, can we, or fast forward button? We, re, we, we rewound one hour. Everybody remember to do that? It's like we need another hour of 2020, right? But God is, and let me remind you what the early church endured. We read in the book of Hebrews where the writer of Hebrews reminds us, hey, don't, don't, dis, don't be discouraged by the assembling of yourselves together. I'm reminding you to fellowship, he says. Now, what they were dealing with in the book of Hebrews was, was Christian persecution. They were dealing with, if you went to church, you would be persecuted. What did that mean? They would take you and dip you in hot boiling oil until you, stop, until you stopped screaming. They would throw you into, a, in, into an arena and be eaten by lions alive. Or they would just take you and cut you in half. So the writer of Hebrews was saying, that's not an excuse for not going to church. <laughs> You're still going to fellowship. You're going to still get together. So my concern is this. We're hitting this crisis here. The disciples were sleeping. So my concern is this. We hit this crisis called covid and had, it has shut Christians down where they're falling asleep. And God's like, I need a voice. Anytime God makes a major decision, we read it with John. John says, listen, I'm the guy. I'm the one calling. I'm the voice calling in the desert to make a straight path for God. Make a straight path for Jesus. So every time that God makes a major plan or a major move, he picks a woman. He picks a man to be his mouthpiece. To be that prophetic voice in the desert. That prophetic voice in the darkness. My concern is that this crisis has pretty much eliminated some people because out of fear. You know what it is? Some people, they're just so afraid of dying, they stop living. Pastor Tony, aren't you afraid? I'm not. I'm not. Am I... I mean, I, am I concerned? Yeah, I'm, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get a cold. I don't want to get a flu. I, I, I just don't. Do you realize I'm on three medications? Plus, I'm insulin dependent. My doctor says, be safe. You shouldn't be out there. I'm a man of faith. 
I got my mask over there, wherever, I don't know where it is, who's got it? I got it somewhere, but I, listen, that, don't you want your pastor to be a man of faith? My doctor says, be safe, be safe. If one person says to me, be safe, I've been in ministry for 30 years. Anything that's incredible that's happened, it's happened as a result of me taking supernatural risk. Nothing good has happened because I've been... Tony, can't you keep watch for one hour? Just one hour with me and be the prophetic voice. So my doctor says I am, what do they call it, vulnerable? What's that other word? At risk. That's what my doctor says. I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for me. Before I came in here, I ate a muffin. Chocolate muffin. I ate the top first. I was like, thank you, Jesus. But they say, this is true, they say when you preach one half-hour sermon, it's like working a 40-hour work week. So every Sunday, I work 80 hours in one day. So when I get home, my wife starts talking to me. I'm like, honey, I just worked 80 hours. I tell you this. Not to feel sorry for me. I tell you this because it has to be in my mind. I say, God, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing here. But the fact is that God has put a call on my life and my personal feelings and how I feel about myself and my insecurities are irrelevant. God has called me to do something. I got to do it. It's a matter of life and death. Oh, I love my sleep. I love my naps. But we have to stay, ladies and gentlemen, we must stay awake. So the message that we are preaching might be for some encouraging and might be for others a warning. Because if you get into the driver's seat blindfolded and I get into the passenger seat, I says, hey, just to remind you, 600 yards up, when we make that right, there's a brick wall. And you say, thank you for the encouragement. But if you're not listening, I'm going to scream at you. Now, and understand that the only people that Jesus had problems with were the religious. Anybody who was hungry, anybody who was thirsty, anybody who was desperate, Jesus said, this is an encouragement. It was, to the, it was for the religious people that it was a warning. It turned into a rebuke because they did not listen. But Jesus is bringing this message. He says, watch and pray. But what are we going to pray now? Do we pray, Lord, change the atmosphere, make everything good, everything so bad. We're not praying that. What we're praying is, Lord, where do we fit in? And put me right smack dab in the middle. What if a greater danger than COVID hits our communities? For those who fell asleep, that means that this next phase persecution that's going to hit the church, danger that's going to, it's going to crumble you. Crumble. Now, as a person who's keeping watch, as a person who keeps watch, is able to look at current events and preach current, at the current events according to the filter of God's way. You understand what's I'm not excited for the future of the world. I'm excited for your future. I'm excited for your future. Before Jesus comes back, there's going to be a persecution that hits the church. 
things are going to get a little bit more tense. Am I nervous? No. Am I concerned? Yes. Because I want to make sure that I'm keeping in step with the Spirit. That we bring in people who are broken, people who need healing. You see, we're a hospital here. You come, you'll be healed up. But not you're going to be healed up because after we become, we're a hospital, we turn into a school, we turn into an army to train you and to release you for the work of the ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, there is one call on this church, and that is to make disciples, to be a watchman, to be a watchwoman, to be able to say, I'm going to be that voice. Of the one calling in the desert. Make straight path for the way of the Lord. He says watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Jesus is coming back. Now, those of you who just got married. I did a lot of weddings this year. Right? How many of you got married? Brian, Megan, Colby, Tanya. Now, imagine, right? Because we're the bride. He's the groom. And I've done a lot of weddings. Imagine Brian. Brian's in the back. Right? We're waiting. And we're waiting for Megan, who's up here in the front. And we're like, where's the bride? Oh, she's sleeping. Now, if you're the, Colby, if you're the groom, and he says, where's Tanya? Oh, she's sleeping. You're like, wow, that's messed up. I want my ring back. No, 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 I'm just kidding. It's like, it's the same thing here. We're, we're the bride. He's the groom. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. What if he comes back and we're still, you're still, oh, hold on. Give me five more minutes. Any of your wives say that? Give me five more minutes. This is why we need to be ready now by watching and praying and keeping alert and keeping our eyes open and keeping our hearts open. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, America will be different. Whatever happens, America will be different. Either President Trump will be celebrating his re-election or vi- former Vice President Joe Biden will be celebrating his election. No matter what happens, ladies and gentlemen, America will be different. Regardless of who wins, there will be trouble. And the church needs to be present. You need to be present. God, I'm available. You don't have to force me to do anything. I'm present for you, God. I'm a recruit. Whatever happens, ladies and gentlemen, and if you are sleeping, you are missing it. If you are causing division, you are missing it. God has called me to be a bridge builder, not to be a divider. So there is division in America, and if you are fertilizing that division, you are doing it wrong, ladies and gentlemen. God has called you to be a bridge, and I got to tell you, Bridges get walked on. But one thing is is that matters. If I'm walked on, let it be because somebody crossed from hell to heaven. Let it be because somebody was healed. Let it be because somebody was delivered. Let it be because somebody was set free. Let Let it be because somebody found peace. I'm available, God. I don't have to sign up on the dotted line. I'm all in no matter what happens. And if I'm terrified, I'll do it terrified. If I'm doing it filled with self-doubt, I'll do it filled with self-doubt. Stay awake. Anything happens, I ask you to stay awake. Keep your voice sharp. Be a voice 
for what matters. Some of you have become a voice for things that have no eternal bearings. Be a voice for things that matter. Stay awake. Stay focused. Stay alert. Stay fit. Keep watch. Be a voice for God. Your body may be weak, but your spirit is willing. Be a voice for the things that involve the soul of man. The world says, stay woke. I say, keep watch and pray because your spirit is willing. Your flesh may be weak. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Father God, we just come to you, Father. We just come to you right now, God. Because this, this may sound elementary, but Father, we need you. It's like a prayer of an eight-year-old. I need my dad. God, I need you. You're my dad, and I need you. I need your courage. I need your fire. I need your anointing. I need you, God, to put a fire in us, oh Lord, that will create this sense that says, I will never quit. That puts this sense in us that even if we come to the cusp of death, I am not afraid. Pastor Tony, are you afraid? I'm not. I'm a man of faith. But what if you get COVID? I'm still a man of faith. No matter what happens around me, God has called me. And that is it. Stay awake, ladies and gentlemen. God is placing a prophetic mantle on your voice. God is placed. And in the Old Testament, when he spoke to Balaam's donkey, will prove to you that your will has nothing to do with it. He used a donkey to speak a prophetic word. Just surrender your lives. God, I'm available. Not as a draftee but as a recruit. I'm here. I'm open. I'm willing. I surrender my life to you. I want to stay woke. I want to be used, Father. I pray that in this church that you'd raise up men and women. Jesus, I just pray that you would use men and women, Father, to be a voice in the wilderness that says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. We're going to be a voice for the only movement that matters, for the only organization, God, the kingdom of heaven. Raise us up, Father. We are ready. Where's Haley? Come on, Haley. Sing that song. We are ready. We're open. We're available, Father God. Forgive us if we've lost track, if we've been derailed, oh God. We get back on track, Lord. We are not vulnerable, God. We are not, we, we are not in the, uh, of, that, of that weak uh, section, Father. We want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, God. Thank you for using us. We are ready. We are open. We're available, Father. Keep watch so that you will not fall into temptation. What's the temptation? Well, the temptation is there's a lot of stuff wanting to drag me off to the right. A lot of stuff wanting to drag me back, drag me off to the left. The temptation is to take you off track of focusing on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. That is it. That is it. Stay watch. Stay on track. That's it. God has placed a call in your life. 
God has placed a mantle on your life. And I would say, like, if, he, if, he, if every single one of us, if every single Christian on the earth says, nope, we're not following Jesus, like, miracles need bodies. The movement of God needs physical bodies. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're the ones here on earth doing the will of God. Supernatural needs a physical body in order for God to accomplish what he's accomplished. He can come down himself, but he did that already through Jesus. So all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm awake. Yes, Lord, I will watch and I will pray. I'm available. Okay, hey. Thank you for listening. Tony Paolo is the lead pastor of Restoration Church. If you would like more information, go to restorationchurchri.com.